0: open your bibles as you will to the book of proverbs chapter 31 proverbs 31 we've got one more week after this week on lemuel i realize i'm not doing a lot of dealing with lemuel now but if you'll hang with me we'll get to him again next week we're talking about his mother bathsheba lemuel being the name we believe that she gave her son bathsheba because david called him solomon and god called him jedidiah and And there realizing God's mercy, she named him King Lemuel, um, and I believe she did that because it means literally belonging to God. And so let's look with me, if you will, in verse 31, the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him, what my son, and what the son of my womb, and what the son of my vows Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law, and pervert the judgment uh, of any of the afflicted. Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish, and wine unto those that be of heavy hearts. Let him drink and forget his poverty, and remember his misery no more. Open thy mouth for the dumb, and the cause of all Such as are appointed to destruction. Open thy mouth. And judge righteously. And plead the cause. Of the poor and needy. Who can find. A virtuous woman. For her price. Is far above rubies. Now next week. I'm going to preach to you. On what I think. Is the single greatest factor. In the destruction of marriage. Of any other thing. In all my years of ministering, of talking to people who have counseled and, and dealt with marriages. And, and I'm just going to be real honest with you. I, I, don't, I don't know if there's anything out there that I have not seen or any situation that I have not faced, not, not because, not because of, of that I set up shop to do so, but just over the years, just the different people, the different things they face, some have been horrific. But I believe there is a singular, more than any other thing, cause for the disintegration of a marriage. I believe there's a key. And so I'm going to talk with you about that next week. And we're going to look into um, the virtuous woman and some of the things that his mother said to him, Bathsheba, to King Lemuel, to Solomon. Let's, Let's pray. Father, help us. Give us what we have need of. Speak to our hearts and have your way and will in all that we say and do. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray these things. Amen. Now I think the amazing thing that we've discussed over the last couple of weeks is that Bathsheba's relationship with David started out in scandal. It was a, it was a less than desirous foundation to build a marriage upon. It wasn't good. Neither one of them were in a good state. Both of them had crossed boundaries that should not have been crossed. They had violated the will of God and the law of God. And they found themselves caught up in a scandal that now suddenly raged out of their control. Uh, and, and it really, honestly, it sounded like something right off of the uh, crime TV shows, the investigative programs that, that talk about all the things that go on and that come into make one of their programs. And, and in this case, there was adultery. And in this case, there was a tempted cover-up. And in this case, finally, finally, there was murder for hire, you could say. And her husband, Uriah, was sent to the front line and lost his life by the orders of godly King David. And so from this horrendous beginning, we arrived at several conclusions. First of all, no matter how messy your past is, God can make something beautiful of your past. He can take what you've messed up and mold it and make it into something that brings glory to Him. We also have discussed at length that it's an unhealthy culture Where a husband and a wife are expected, one, the other, or both, to live as though they were under the curse. Jesus freed the man from guilt. He freed the woman um, from the inferiority that was hers and that lived on in so many cultures. And and, uh, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 13. And then last week, we, we discussed four basic, or established four basic key thoughts. They were, they were the fact that, that um, marriage uh, fixed the not good of God's creation. We discussed the fact that marriage is intended to be a partnership. We discussed the fact that partnership means that we each must do our part. And so... Those, those, those were the main thoughts that, that we that we dealt with there, and I'll get back to the fourth one in just a little bit. So what I want to do today is I want to begin. I want to begin where we left off because where we ended our message last week is is actually the fourth point, and it's a key as we move forward. And I want to I want to I want to deal with it again to begin this message simply because i think that it deserves added emphasis if we're going to have the kind of marriage that god wants us to have and that is first of all that that if we are partners okay the key to partnership is mutual submission okay it's mutual submission the reality of the matter is that the most overlooked verse in all of the bible in dealing with the home and in marriage counseling when couples come to get counseled is found in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21 and that is submitting yourselves one to another both of you mutually you to you you to you okay him to her her to him there is a mutual submission that is ordered by God as the initial foundation of dealing with the New Testament home now the problem is Where we start at, we start at in uh, verse number 22, because that's shouting ground. Amen? Wow, that was quiet and cowardly. But anyhow, uh, yeah, so we start out in verse number 22, where the wives submit yourselves to your own husbands, and guys are saying, well, glory, preach it. And, you know, everybody's excited, and everybody's keyed up over that. Uh, because it's a man behind the pulpit preaching it, and he's excited also. And, and so the reality of the matter here, before you ever get to the individual assignments, God gives a co-assignment, okay? So this is what God is saying. Before you can do your individual assignments, you've got to fulfill Your co-assignment, your group assignment, your together assignment, your partnership assignment. Before the wife can submit to the husband and the husband can love the wife, together as a couple you have to partner and learn to harmonize by both of you yielding to each other in submission. That's what the scripture says. Now, let's talk about what the word submission means. It means lording over and bossing and telling exactly what you can do and cannot do. And if you do it, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to you. Well, that's not Bible submission. The word Bible submission, you ready for this? Is willingly lining up behind someone. It's a military term that means to arrange ourselves beneath. Okay? So there's some things, some areas of our life, that I'm beneath Susie in okay now peanut butter's not one of them I'm gonna tell you right now there's some things in my life I drive a hard line on and don't give me trashy peanut butter look the store brand no 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 okay that's made from old peanut shells that are found on the roadside they're ground up and it's horrible no give me Skippy okay now I used to like Rodenberries, but give me a good natural Creamy peanut butter. I like natural crunchy too, but it's got to be something that has some viability. So one of the areas of my life that I will not yield is peanut butter. Okay, but now I don't. I don't tell her how to shop except for peanut butter, and I beg her. I played with her then. I get on my knees when she brings something in. I fall on my knees. What is this? You know, well we bought it for the grandkids because we don't want them eating the good stuff. Okay, that makes sense. But anyhow, you know, that's okay. That's that's. You know what that is? That's peanut butter flavored cardboard but anyhow uh, so so the reality of the matter now look at me listen to me look I I, I, I am um, I was raised by a man I'm all man but there's areas of my life that I line up behind her in because that's her area that's her expertise that's 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 her part in our family and in our life and in our marriage that's been given to her by God, and so when God said, when God said to the couple, first thing they're to do, it's co-partner, yield to each other, recognize your area, and yield to each other. Okay. Now I mow the lawn at my house. Now you may not do that. That's you, you, y'all got to work this out. I mow my lawn. Okay. I'm not gonna have her out there mowing the lawn. Neighbors taking pictures, posting on Facebook. I'm not going to do that. I mow the lawn. There's are certain areas of life that's mine. Certain areas that are life are hers. We have to recognize that, agree on that, partner in that, and yield to one another in that. And if it's her area, then I will go to her and say, okay, what do you, what do you want to do here? What, what do you want me to do here? How do you want me to fix this? What, what, what do you want me to do here? That's her area. Okay. Um, uh, she does the same for me. So there is a mutual co-submission that, 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 that has to be there. And we have to practice it in our marriage. It's not because of authority. It's not because of intelligence. It's not because of position. Listen carefully. You ready for this? You ready? It's an act of love and respect. You've got to respect each other. You have to respect each other. You've got to be thankful. Next week, just come with me next week. Virtuous woman, there's some things that are there that's never talked about, and it's, it's amazing. And it's not, a, I'm, I'm talking about a bunch of little things. I'm just talking about, you take the overall scope of it that applies to man and woman, and it's shocking. Okay, It's so clear and so startling. We willingly make ourselves. Because of our love for each other and our respect for each other, we willingly, by our choice, by our will, we subject ourselves to each other. First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 3 and 4, Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. Ready for this verse? The wife hath not power of her own body. Okay? But the husband... And likewise, the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Now, the body is the temple of who we are. That's, the, that's where we dwell. That's, the, that's our temple. So, if I am going to yield to my wife my body, that means she has the reins of who I am. You know, she's, she's got me. And lock, stock, and barrel, that's who I am. This is me. And so, so at, an, at a wedding altar, when we walk down the aisle and we surrender we are turning over, we're turning over that, that power to each other, and we made our vows, and, and, and you know, we committed ourselves to each other, and so she has certain authority over me. If she comes to me and she says, I'm not comfortable with that, okay? That's all you got to do. That's all you got to say. That's it. You know why? Because she owns me. I gave her ownership of me. She owns me. So if she says, Dean... I don't think that's wise. I don't think that's comfortable. I don't think you should do that. She's my owner, and so I will, in partnership with her, respect her enough and love her. Woman, who, who do you think? You know who I am? What, you telling me what? No, sir. No, you may, listen, you talk about U.S. mail. That's what I am, U.S. mail. And my packages come on time, and I ship all around the world. By the way, our, 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 the, the Postal Service right now is struggling. But, but you know, I, I deliver what I promise. No, no, no. No, that's not true. No. No, I should love her and respect her enough that, that I yield to her because of her ownership. Now, you're looking at me like a calf at a new gate. And I know why. It's because you don't hear this preached, okay? And I would be criticized for saying this because we live in a... We live in a chauvinistic mentality in a lot of our churches where somebody gets up and because he's got the pulpit he can thunder and shake his fist and he goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 and places us back under the curse and we're not back under the curse and we should live as though we were people of grace and people of freedom and people who know Christ and the reality, the reality of the matter is listen to me to begin the whole shooting match there's mutual submission. It's just, it's, it's just in the Bible. Okay, Now, it's easier done when you're first in love. Okay? You first meet each other, then you're in love. It's a lot easier than to say, oh, yeah, what you want, baby? But then, after you go for a while, it's like, really? No, I'm tired. I want to get up. Okay? So it's, it's a lot easier when it's early on in life. But as reality sets in, and you find out that you did marry Mister Wright, but what you didn't know is that his first name was Always, okay. And it could be Mrs. Wright Always. Works both ways. But we're clay, okay. Everybody with me? Okay. Wow. I wish you could. I wish I could just show you on the screen your faces. Is like? He's a heretic. Anyhow, yeah, no, this is Bible. This is Bible. And it needs to be said. But we're all clay and we're marred and we all have imperfections and guess what? We all have idiosyncrasies and we all struggle and the key to struggle is to struggle with each other, not against each other. And marriage can be hard enough without putting a frying pan upside somebody's noggin, okay? So we can't fight this thing out. We've got to work it out together. Together. We got to work it out together. And listen to me. A good marriage is hard work. A good marriage is hard work. Okay? When I met Susie, I was running on love. Living on love, buying on time. Okay? You know? It's just, I mean, you know, who needs money? We got each other. And she's like, I need money. But anyhow, so, yeah, so. The reality was, we were were swept downstream with emotion. I was sitting at a ball game. She walked in the gym, walked right up in front of me and sat down. You talk about a divine appointment. Walked right up and sat down, and I said to myself, I'm going to bless that girl. I'm going to bless her. I'm going to get to know her. I'm going to bless her. So I just watched her the whole game. And when it was over with I followed her out into the, to the, uh, the foyer surrounding the gym, and she was standing there waiting on her fiancé. So anyhow, so I didn't know that. So I just walked up and started talking to her, asked her where she's from. She's from Virginia. I started talking to her about the Shenandoah Valley and all the, all the history stuff that went on there. And, and uh, I realized she was a little uneasy because she was waiting on her you know, fiancé to come. And I just thought, just give me time, I'll break that junk up. But anyhow, uh, she came back and had broken up and and the rest is all history. But I want to be honest with you, there wasn't even any fault of needing to compromise or cooperate or co submission then because we were swept downstream by emotion and attraction. Okay. So that's important. So we're, we're going to struggle with this. It's just natural. Now, here's point number two. So point number one, we, we just restated that partnership calls for mutual submission. Okay? I'm hoping I'll gain you here in a little bit. You're, you left me. But anyhow, here we go. Here's point number two. Ready for this? God doubles back on the individual assignments. Okay? I mean, you'd think he'd stayed at once, okay? But he doubles back on it. As if it wasn't enough problem to begin with, two sinners submitting to each other. Now he turns to the woman in his word, and he readdresses her, and he says to this to her, I want you now to submit unto your husband. So let me, let me just stop and say this. In Ephesus, boy, there were a lot of cultural problems raging in that city. What were the problems? Well, problem number one is that they literally actually, I'm talking about genuinely believed that Ephesus had been founded by Amazon women. Really. They believed that. There There was an Amazonian cult there to where women felt like they were super superior. So when Paul writes and he says, look... You know, teach the women not. I mean, they're they're speaking up, yelling out, and taking over business meetings. They were all in government of Ephesus. It was a mess because they were. It was it was the first really raging major women lives movement where they weren't trying to get equality. They were trying to express superiority. And Paul said that that that's bringing chaos into the church. We can't have that. And then there were the men that because of their distaste of all of that, they looked at women basically as their possession, okay? You know, I got four horses, I got a herd of cows, and I got a wife. And I'm not, that's, I, I mean, that's dead serious. It's exactly how it was looked like during this time. And so God gives both the husband and the wife the, the assignment to be, mutually submitted to each other and that's all good right okay so so here's the deal i have to be submitted to susie in certain areas susie submitted to me in in certain areas so we're co-partners so there's mutual equal co-submission to each other that's all good but then you know what god says to susie again on top He, he already told her to submit he told me to submit then he goes back to susie and says hey um submit to him so why would God assign, well, no, why would God reassign the assignment that he had already assigned? Okay. Why, why would God, okay, submit to each other, okay, 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 I understand that. Susie, submit as he to him, so, so why would God reassign her the assignment that he had already assigned her? Is he picking at her? Is he, is he trying to be unfair to her? Absolutely not. Now I want you to think about this. Would you think with me? No? Okay, thank you. Good night. This, this is a horrible day. I think you're suffering heat exhaustion. And I told you earlier it's cold. So, so here we go. Watch this. Put your thinking cap on. So the woman is to do what first mutually? She's to do what to me individually? Did you realize this? All she has to do is submit. And she's fulfilled both assignments. She picks up her grade. She gets a 100 and she's all good. I know it's not that easy But I'm simply saying, in reality, God only gave the woman one assignment. Submit. Just just willfully, willingly line up behind, in, in the mutual part alongside, in certain areas, behind Dean. Okay? So once she does that, she's all good. She don't have another assignment. That's the only assignment that was given to her is, is to submit. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 22. Wives submit yourselves unto your, what's the next word? Okay, no, it's not it. It's close though. Okay, Ephesians 5 22. Everybody with me? Wives submit yourselves unto what? Your, Hello? Getting you to read. Own husbands. Okay, listen carefully. Wives, submit yourselves unto your, this is important, your own husbands. So we jump over to uh, Colossians 3, verse 18. Wives, submit yourselves unto who? Your, this is pathetic. I mean, we need to turn the live stream off. I hope you folks on live stream worldwide are doing better than we are here in person live wives submit yourselves twice it says unto your own husband what does that mean look at me what does that mean that means we're not dealing with culture here we're dealing with relationship so the culture the culture idea that 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 a woman should be subservient uh, enslaved and inferior I don't care you can cut that a thousand different ways but it says specifically here's who you're to line up behind not all the men in the world you're to line up behind your own husband. Your own husband. Meaning that, that this isn't a cultural thing as it's developed in many churches. This is not a cultural thing. This is a relationship thing. She doesn't have to walk around life like I'm a woman. No. With her will. Because of her love and respect for her husband, she lines up behind him. Okay, that's, that's, That is the plan of God in her. In her life. Now. That means that. That. Whatever restrictions. And requirements God places upon us. We have to obey those. Because he has his reason. And I'll get to that in, in just a moment. A little further maybe. The husband. Guys. Okay. That's us. Ready. The husband's. Have more than one assignment. Wife, as wife, she submits, boom, boom. She's got them both done. With one, with one, one obedience, she's in line. Not so with a husband. So I can submit myself to my wife in certain areas in a mutual partnership, but then guess what God says to me? I'm going to add something to your submission. You're to love her as I love the church. Wow. That's a mouthful. It's also a lifetime assignment. It's also something that we will always work at and it's something that cuts diametrically against the grain because we are, we are, uh, we're, we're, not, we're, we're not used to that type of requirement, heavy requirement that's being placed upon us. And, and by the way, well, he doubled back on the wife. He told her twice. Yeah, okay, well, he doubled back on the husband because he said submit, then he said love. Wait a minute. And then after saying that to man, he spends eight verses elaborating on it. Just simply to the wife, submit to your husband, your own husband, as it's fitting the Lord. That's all he said. To the husband, he said, now, you're to love your wife, and let me tell you why, and let me tell you how. And he spends eight verses making sure that we're primed with paint for what he's saying to us. Now, guys, look at me. You do whatever you want to with this. But the harder assignment the most responsibility the weight i don't know how you can look at it anyway if i am to both fulfill her assignment in our partnership and then on top of that i'm to love her as christ loved the church i don't know how you get out from under the weight of that that's to me that's the greater responsibility is placed upon our shoulders. Now, let me move to point number three, okay? You with me? Point number three. Let me talk with you briefly about the biblical structure of a home. Let's just, I know this is bread and butter, but that's okay. Let's let's do it, all right? God's very clear. Here's, here's the biblical structure of a home. You can't change this, by the way. Or well, I don't like it. Don't matter. Well, I think I could do it better. Don't matter. I got a better idea. No, you don't. Because God created the home. So here's what God said. Husband, okay, father, wife, okay, mother, children. Now this is what the world does to that. Here's here's the world. Children, wife, mother, husband, father. On television sitcoms today, the man is the idiot, okay. The man is the idiot. He's made the fool, of. And so what the world has done is they've come in. And by the way, once we accepted that, now they're saying, well, guess what? We can redefine the home. Can't do it. You can't, you can't, you can't redefine the home. And it's been my experience in ministry that the homes that, that um, have had the most problems have been those that have strayed into trouble in regards to the God-ordained order of what he Of what he gave us they get out of whack children aren't supposed to leave the home and when they do you got a mess you got a mess the child's voice when the child's voice is heard over the mother and the father you got a dysfunctional home now you may not like this but I, I don't care I'm not here to make everybody happy I'm here to preach the truth but when the woman becomes the head of the house the house immediately becomes dysfunctional because that's not how God designed it. Now we work together on things. We co-submit to each other on things. And because I'm willing to do that, and we all should be willing to do that, then the wife should be willing to follow. And I, I, I can't speak for Susie, but I, would, I, I think from our conversation, I think she's glad for the areas that I have to take the lead in and step forward in, that's my job. that's i didn't I didn't ask for it. I didn't design the family. God did. And so I have to step up to the plate and be man enough to lead my family in the way that I should. Now, let me say this to you, and I, I got to get to my last point here. but but once you sacrifice, listen carefully, your design for God's design, You're tinkering with the biblical, spiritual integrity of the home. You compromise it. Because God created it a certain way, and nobody knows better than the one that created the home how it should operate. And by the way, there are other boundaries that we ought never cross in regards to this. Um, A woman can't pastor a church simply because she can never be the husband of one wife. So that's biblical. Just can't do it. I, I didn't write that. God did so whenever you see that happening around, then you know immediately that's not biblical. It's not, a, it's not a biblical church. A man can't become a woman, and a woman can't become a man simply because they want to change their pronouns. Okay. That, that, that just doesn't happen. That just doesn't happen. And, and, and you know, the, the ludicrous insanity that is going on in our world today where our children are actually being taught that they can be whoever they want to be, that's ignorance. And the adults that are teaching them that know, know it's ignorance, but they're too wicked to be honest with it. Surgery won't change that. You're talking to kids about having surgery that are, they, they, can't, they don't even know whether they want to play shortstop or left field. Yet they're making life-altering decisions. It's it's ludicrous. So I'm just simply saying there's some structure that God gives that ought to be there. Now, let me talk with you about let me talk with you quickly about the struggle to comply. Okay, here's the struggle to comply. The struggle to comply is is simply this. God comes back to the woman. After they mutually submit, God said, Okay, all right, there's the partnership. Now, here's your assignment. I want you to submit, to fall in line behind the man. And the problem with that is she's familiar with all his flaws. So it's harder to submit, wait a minute, to who? Your own husband? Okay. You, might, you might have an easier time submitting to a guy on the job because you don't know all his flaws. You ain't got to put up with his junk. You don't have to pick up his socks. You don't hear his griping and complaining. So it's easier to submit to that guy, but no, no that's not what God said. God didn't say submit to him. God said, submit unto your own husband. And you know all his flaws, okay? If you were to talk with my wife right now, if we could give her a spot here and let her talk, she could tell you both of mine quickly, quickly, without hesitation. She knows what both of them are. And, and so, and so there, 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 there's a struggle. There's two sinners trying to harmonize a relationship together. And we desperately need Christ at the center in order to do so. And without Christ, here's what happens to the woman. She becomes stubborn. She becomes resentful of her place in God's order. And why should I follow in line with loser? Okay? And so that's how we feel sometimes. Do you ever wonder why God didn't tell the woman to love her husband? Because... For the most part, with very few exceptions, in my life and in my ministry, if he will treat her good, she naturally loves people that treat her good. If you want to kick her around and treat her like she's a stray dog, then probably you're going to insist on obedience, but you won't ever inspire love. But God doesn't have to tell a woman, hey, you need to love your husband, if the husband will just treat her right if you'll crown her a queen she will make you a king and love will be in your home that's just the truth it's it's the honest now the most difficult assignment for the man is to partner with and love his wife because men submitting you know what men struggle with now it's true cuz look listen i've i've done this for years men men struggle sometimes submitting to a female boss because they think they're superior and so he not they don't I don't want her telling me what to do and they they bow up against it i've counseled them before because they feel like they're they feel like they're superior and so for a man to submit to his wife is especially demeaning to him and an admission that he's less than manly that's why when you're traveling somewhere and she says i think we need to turn right and and, and you're you're insisting on going left and why, she says, why don't you ask directions? And you're like, well, who do you think I am, an idiot? Yes. And so, no, I've been lost before and I can get lost again. And so that's men just barge forward in life. That's who we are. It's what we do. We try to set records every time we go down to the corner Walmart. I got there faster, three, three, three seconds faster. It's, it's just hard to admit that you're less than who you think you are. And the reason we struggle with love as men is because we're self-centered and often oblivious to anybody's happiness except the man in the mirror. That's who we are. We're self-centered. And if you won't admit that, then you're denying the very essence of who we are and what the Scriptures say about us. And until we admit it, we'll continue to hurt people around us with our self-serving decisions while convincing ourselves that God wants us to be selfish because we are, after all, men. I, look, here I am. You know what my basic nature is? Selfishness. That's my basic nature. And I've spent a lifetime working and struggling on that. And there have been times That I have put my happiness over her happiness. When we were young in the marriage. There were times she sat down and cried. And I'm like what in the world is wrong with you? And she expressed to me basically that I was selfish. How dare her say such a thing. But anyhow yeah. So you know what? You know what? She was right. And you know when our marriage changed when I admitted that she was right and that I was more concerned about me being good than her being good. Okay. You're thinking, I don't want that kind of a pastor in my church. Last of all, I'm going to close. The authority to enforce. Here we go. Ready? Let's close it down. Watch this. The woman is to submit, but guess what God does? He gives her no authority to enforce that command. On, 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 or gives the man no authority. So the woman is to submit, but God doesn't say to the man, okay, here's how you get her to submit yell. <laughs> you got a loud voice? You know, use your John Wayne voice on her. That'll teach her. That doesn't do anything. You know it doesn't. All it does is cause a fight. You can't make your wife submit. You know, I can't make Susie submit to me. Okay? Not at all if she doesn't, I won't give her any shoe money. But anyhow, I'm sorry, I should, that was a joke I shouldn't have done. But anyhow, so, so, the, so, so I get, look, you can pound your fist, but I ain't going to do nothing. You can yell, you ain't going to do nothing. Look at me, listen to me. I've said this to guys before, don't quote me. Don't be a wimp, don't quote me. Well, the pastor said, don't do that as you're roosting at the foot of your bed. Don't do that. Okay. You can't make your wife submit. That's her will. That's between her and God and to the man he says love but guess what ma'am you can't make him love you if he loves you it will be a love that is produced out of his relationship with his God now I can give you a lot of reasons why I love Susie but ultimately if you will boil it all down it's because I love God she's a gift to me from God and, and when I say to you that I love her more today than I did that day I walked down an aisle in 1975 on August the 9th and just was so happy to say I do, okay, and to have broken up her previous relationships, you, 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 know, you, know, what, you know what happened? You know why I love her more? Because on the triangle, I said it last week, on the triangle, as we get closer to God, guess what's happening? We're closer to each other. And the closer I get to God, the closer I am to her. And the further I get from God, the further apart we are. So really the key to her relationship with me and my relationship with her is our relationship with him. That's really the key to it all. Now, here it is. Okay? You can read a million books. You can see a thousand counselors. But ultimately it boils down to two people. And here's your options. You ready? Here's some options. Number one, you can call it quits and divorce. If you have having struggles, call it quits and divorce. Number two, you can survive to protect your image. Or number three, you can both. Both. Cooperate. And find happiness. Now. I emphasize that last point. So let me answer this question. What if both don't cooperate? What if one's not cooperating? Well, don't blame your mate when you poison the marriage and it dies. Okay. Marriage is two people. And... When one person becomes toxic, it sucks the life and the health and the energy. It takes equal commitment for a marriage to become healthy. So then that leads us to this question. Is the relationship, is your marriage, is it worth the effort? Is it, is it really worth the effort? Oh, well, yeah, it is to me, to mine I'm just talk- I can't answer for you. I can't answer for you. I have to answer for me and Susie in in, in my relationship with her yep yep yeah there's been enough investment yep, it's worth it It's worth it now so so why do marriages fail? Well next week I'm going to tell you in my opinion, I'm going to tell you the single thing that more than anything else destroys marriages and I want to help you with this it's not infidelity it's not it's not disloyalty it's it's not unfaithfulness I've seen marriages survive that it's not good it's not right but that's mostly not why marriages fail so next week i'll share it with you hope you'll be here now now what do i want out of this okay as a pastor what do i want out of what we've been dealing with here, here's what i want I, I i want us to admit where we are i want us to admit where we're flawed i want us to admit where we failed and i want us to get to a place to where we recognize what god wants from us and what god requires of us and i i want i want to be willing and, and Susie wants to be willing you, you know what we do after I bring a message like this we talk we talk about it as soon as we get in that yellow truck and pull out and start driving home we, start, we talk about it she talks about what she's heard and I'll talk about where I was at in my study we talk about it you know why because, because look at me pastors don't have automatically perfect marriages we've had to work at it just like you We've had struggles, yeah, Mm. yeah. Did you know this? We've had some real dips in our marriage before where where it was just like, yeah, this isn't a real good period for us. I mean, this ain't going real good. We're not on the same page. And and I'll be honest with you, 99.9% of the time, I could have corrected it, but I was too stupid to, because I was too selfish to. Because I was too immature to. Because I wanted my way to. And rather than blending and realizing, okay, Dean, now it's your time to submit. I was demanding it all on hers because I had heard for years that verse hammered and I just thought that's the answer to everything. Okay, No, no. Before you ever get there, we've got we to gotta partner together. Okay, let's bow our heads. Thank you for being with me today. I, I know it's hot. We, we, here's what we'll do. We'll, by the way, Nathan, where's Nathan? What do we do next week? Let, let me let's pray first, and then we'll get to that. Okay, Father, bless us, help us, do do in our midst what we need. I know next week's going to be a big week, so we want to have it. We, we want folks here, and I pray you'd help us, dear God, um, to take the things that we've learned and apply them, to to not let culture or even popular opinion form our homes. But that we would let the scripture, and that we would become partners submitted in love and respect to each other. Which makes it so much easier for her to line up behind me and for me to turn around and love her as Jesus loved the church. Lord, help us to begin to yield our hearts and our desires to you. And we'll thank you for what you do in Jesus' name.